You're listening to the ghost of Dog on the Voice of Dog. This is Rob McWolf, your fellow traveler, and tonight's story is Conspiracy by Darius Davis, a black queer African wild dog author who uses writing as a way to prime readers to experience new and exciting perspectives. You can follow him on Twitter at 2DWildDog and his Sofari page at 2D Stories for future writing projects. Read by Dirt Coyote from the Desert. Jeremy Larson discovered here enduring a high school reunion. A man who knows what it is to fall through the cracks, to be left without assistance or options at the lowest moment of his life. There have been many like him in every town across the country, in every age throughout history. But Jeremy Larson is a special case. For as we shall endeavor to demonstrate, whatever else he might be, the one thing he is not is Jeremy Larson. Please enjoy Conspiracy by Darius Davis. A graphic band t-shirt old jeans and run-down sneakers is all that jeremy needs the white furry feline surveys the sparse crowd noticing how people were breaking into pockets of trios if it wasn't for his obligations he would have long skipped the uneventful high school reunion but what's done is done and he simply needs to find a means to pass the time If only he could sneak in some absinthe without the rest of the small town busybodies catching it on his breath. Having that would make the social junction somewhat tolerable. For now, he sulks in the corner to contemplate as to where he should move next. Jeremy considers going eastward to Colorado, keeping in mind to avoid major cities if he so chooses to head in that direction. Then again, he also contemplates taking a small pass through Idaho and tucking himself away somewhere in Montana. He hears whispers of notable pockets of opportunity and affordable housing there, something that will allow him to hide away for three decades, give or take. Not to mention, it would be in his assumed persona's character to find a nice, quiet, and rural area to spend the rest of his days in. Though, Being perpetually stuck in a 30-year-old's body, he'll eventually need to move again. Before he ponders any further, a small, soft hand taps his right shoulder. The feline perks up, recognizing the touch of one Harper Robinson. Her smooth sphinx hand paw is always a dead giveaway, and she's been a constant thorn at his side for the past week. Apparently... The old Jeremy wasn't much of a loner as previously made out to be, having one friendly associate. Something he failed to mention before passing everything over to the new Jeremy. She was the one who sought him out on his social media pages and asked him for assistance with the high school reunion party. Seeing as it's his last night to entertain her, he dawns on old Jeremy's mannerisms and gives a small head nod. He perks up. Hey, everything all right? Adjusting the strap of the small purse on her shoulder, Harper smirks. Just wanted to check up on you is all. Haven't been able to talk to you much over the week. Wanted to catch up. He smiles softly. Of course, it's always good to see you, Harper. 
How about we get a drink? She nods and quickly follows him as they dine on some snacks and beverages. In the hopes of distracting her for the rest of the evening, he engages her in open-ended questions. Jeremy allows Harper to rattle on about the happenings of her life for the past 10 years. Learning about the intricacies of her business degree, her career endeavors in the energy department, and the prospect of seeing someone with two children are the dominating subjects of the conversation. While not the most dull conversation to passively listen to, he hopes the open-ended questions eat up enough time for the event to conclude. She continues, So anyway, how have you been? I like the shirt. Didn't know you listened to the idols. Thought you always hated them. Jeremy shrugs his shoulders. Just felt like they were overplayed. But hey, my tastes are allowed to change. Fair, fair. It does look good on you, though. Do you still head out to concerts? From time to time. If it lands on a good weekend. Oh, which bands did you go out to see? Jeremy bites the corner of his lip for a second, cycling through his encyclopedia of knowledge. Sometimes the music acts that pop into his head were decades old and way before Harper's time. With sudden inquiries like this, he finds himself having some of his past persona intermixed into his current one. Before the silence becomes awkward, his mind finally settles on a proper answer. Jeremy smiles. Caught a turnstile performance about two months back. They put on a pretty good show. Harper's tail perks up. Oh, never heard of them, but that sounds pretty fun. Look at you, coming out of your shell. Giving a soft elbow nudge, Jeremy lets out a small sigh through his nose. He stands on edge, seeking to give perfect answers for tonight in an effort to never slip up once. Even with just a month into his persona, the feline tries not to display any physical signs of nervousness. After all, he's assumed identities in shorter time spans and in more extreme circumstances. Hell, he had learned American English during the country's colonial period in just under two weeks. He mentally tries to assure himself using his previous escapades for drive. Jeremy figures that something as simple as a small interaction of a previously close associate should be a cakewalk. He hopes to even leave a positive impression on Harper by offering to refill her glass. When she agrees, he reaches out to grasp it with his right hand before swiftly refilling her drink. Upon returning, he would answer her inquiries about how Jeremy is doing nowadays. She was well aware of his struggles with addiction after receiving news from Jeremy's disgruntled father a month ago. Jeremy explains how he went through a methadone clinic through a sponsorship program the past few weeks, and any details given to Harper would be verified through fraudulent paperwork he had set up to list his name on. Harper nods along to his small story and compliments his recovery. He gives off the correct social cues that the old Jeremy would express as seen in countless incidental videos and pictures of him. He folds his ear submissively, and hides his bright blushing nose with his cup when being showered with compliments. Being able to blush on command is a skill he has cultivated for over hundreds of years. Though, having some booze in his system prior to arriving certainly helps with the process. 
She chuckles and digs through her small purse to take a picture of him, expressing a soft smile. As the night wore on, Harper breaks away to converse with her other friends. To the feline's relief, no one else takes an interest in engaging him in conversation. When midnight arrives, a few of the attendees start breaking away to retreat for the evening. Jeremy waits for a few minutes longer, not wanting to appear in a hurry to leave. But the sign of people exiting is a welcome sight as it preps Jeremy to proceed with his leave. After half of the room slowly clears out, Jeremy takes his cue and tries to slip through the nearby exit. He could see his run-down Nissan Altima just across the parking lot, already packed with a few moving supplies. Before he could fast walk, he heard a familiar voice shout out his name. Harper waves her arm. Wait up! Jeremy stays in place, clenching his fists in his pockets as he waits for the hairless lynx to navigate the thin, slippery ice. He musters up the act of a warm smile as a smaller feline approaches him. She pants, Not going to at least say goodbye? Jeremy bows his head. Sorry, looked like you were busy and I didn't want to interrupt. Thanks again for tonight. It was fun. Harper giggles. Well, why don't we sit and talk for a bit? We can hang out on the roof, like old times. Curse words in ten different languages broil in his mind as he tightens his lips. An involuntary hiss almost creeps out from his throat upon hearing the request. Just the mere fact this creature attempts to fish him in for more conversation makes Jeremy fantasize about consuming the blood from her wrinkly, exposed neck. If it weren't for her employment at a government facility and a strong social circle, perhaps he would feast on her right then and there. Though, in the desire to be polite, he agrees to her proposal while flashing a small smile. Harper glides on the thin ice ground to the side of the gymnasium and leads Jeremy to a rickety metal ladder. Using a nearby dumpster to prop herself up, she lowers the rusty ladder and invites Jeremy to follow close behind. He ascends the finicky steps, showing no hesitation to quickly catch up with her. Harper rubs her hand paws together for warmth before sitting down on an angled part of the roof. Staring up into the night sky, the two were able to make out most of the Milky Way galaxy. With so little light pollution, Jeremy has the opportunity to gaze upon the beautifully grand sky. The sight is strangely nostalgic for the feline, recognizing a few constellations from his youth in a place now called Russia. If there is one familiar constant, it's studying the vast galaxy during nightfall. So long as he remains in the northern hemisphere, the stars remain in their proper place. With the exception of tiny noticeable movements to Jeremy's eye, a few hundred years causes some stars to shift ever so slightly. There were only a small handful of times he saw a star turn into a supernova in the centuries he's walked the Earth. Though the last hundred years, light pollution in major cities makes it difficult to stargaze. And when Jeremy sits to stare up at the sky... He lets his eyes wander and explore the familiar galaxy. In his new persona, he contemplates becoming an astronomer and contributing his lifetime of research for a small university. Before pondering to himself further, Harper speaks up. 
I'm glad you've gotten better, Jeremy. I was really worried about you. You know, last I heard, you were shedding a good chunk of your fur while in rehab. He rubs the back of his head. I'm sorry for never telling you. I... It's been hard the last ten years. Harper nods. I understand. And yet, look at you. You've gotten a little taller. You've grown back your old white fur. You're getting your associate's degree soon. It's just nice that things are going well for you, dude. Jeremy nods. Yep. Feels like my life is finally getting back on track. Yeah. There's just one thing I've always wanted to ask you. What's that? Turning to directly look into his eyes, Harper asks, What have you done with the real Jeremy Larson? His eyebrows furrow, taken aback by the question. A small smile hugs the corner of his right lip, letting out an audible cackle. He wonders what she could possibly mean by that. His story is flawless, and he wonders what she could ever suspect. Jeremy scratches the back of his head. What do you mean? I've gotten better. And that made me change a little bit. Harper shakes her head. No, you're just a completely different person. It's like I don't even know you. Jeremy flashes a look of confusion. But I don't understand what you're getting at. A lot can happen to someone in ten years, you know? Harper sits up. But here's the thing. I know you're lying. You're different from the Jeremy I knew. First of all, he would never wear that shirt and always hated that band. Second, he's always been afraid of heights. Third, he's always been left-handed. That's right, I saw you using your right hand multiple times. Lastly, he's never been to a concert once in his life. He hates them and thinks the live versions of songs are never as good as the studio album. The right side of Jeremy's muzzle twitches, resisting the urge to growl. He wonders how she could have picked up on such small details. Usually, only people who consider themselves close friends or significant others would be hyper-aware of someone's preferences to this degree. Yet, to the best of his knowledge, Harper Lee is nothing more than a friendly face Jeremy could have seen in passing. The prospect of someone calling his bluff so openly causes a few of his claws to seep out. He retorts, Whoa, whoa, slow down. What are you on? I'm still myself. She pulls out her smartphone. But you're not. That picture I took of you earlier? I ran it through an AI app, and it showed you in many older photographs under different names. So, who are you really? What have you done with my friend? Jeremy sits up. This isn't funny. You've clearly gone off the deep end. Just as he stands up to leave, the feline hears Harper digging through her purse. She pulls out a small revolver and points it directly at him. She yells, You're not going anywhere. I want answers. Jeremy slowly turns around, noticing the gun pointing straight at his head. While bullets wouldn't kill him in most circumstances, they were still nasty conundrums to deal with. Not to mention, a stray bullet hitting his heart would prove fatal. 
He didn't find... He didn't find the gesture threatening, but his muzzle recoils with annoyance as a small hiss escapes his mouth. Jeremy retorts, What the fuck do you think you're doing? Come on, Harper, this is madness. Harper sniffles. You're crazy for thinking you can get away with this. You may look similar, but you're nothing like my Jeremy. Do you think it's funny? Pretending to assume someone else's identity without anyone noticing? Is this just a game to you? Jeremy lifts his right hand paw, holding up a thumb and two index fingers. He speaks in a deep voice. Enough. Now do what's best for both of us, and drop the... Before enacting his hypnosis spell and waving his hand over her face, a small bang erupts. What feels like the sharp end of a molten hot hammer pierces through his palm and grazes his left shoulder. Jeremy kneels over in pain as a few specks of blood drizzle down his arm. He could shapeshift into a cloud of mist to escape, but doing so will fully give away his vampiric identity. And even if he kills her swiftly, Harper would still be too important enough for people to notice her absence. In either case, Jeremy knew he couldn't travel far with the police on the lookout for his vehicle. To flee now would only assure his inevitable capture by the authorities later. Thinking on his feet, he plans on placating her to the best of his ability before attempting his hypnosis again. Perhaps stalling for a few minutes would mean the difference between freedom and being captured. When Harper walks closer while pointing the pistol, Jeremy puts up his left arm defensively. Wait, don't shoot. Let's talk this out. Harper hisses before saying, Depends on what you do. How about answering my questions? First off, who are you working for? Jeremy shakes his head. I work for no one other than myself. This is all my doing, nothing more. Harper retorts, That can't be possible. Not when you went this far assuming his identity. What happened to the real Jeremy Larson? Grunting through the pain, Jeremy responds, He's dead, alright? He's fucking dead. Harper sharply inhales. Oh, God. What on earth did you do? While waiting for the muscle and skin from his wounds to regenerate, Jeremy continues, He was down on his last dollar and hadn't eaten in days. I came to him looking for a new identity, and in exchange, I was to help him pass on. Fighting back the tears, she responds, No, that can't be possible. He could have messaged me if he was truly down on his luck. Why? Why would he do such a thing? Jeremy slowly stands back up. I may not know for certain, but it was clear from the onset that he's been alone for a long time. If you really were a good friend, then why hadn't you reached out to him earlier? How come he never mentioned you once to me, Harper? I was going through a lot of stuff at the time, okay? He never really posted much online. I moved away to pursue my education. When I came back, I didn't even know he would respond. I just thought that maybe... Just maybe... Harper wipes away the tears from her cheeks as a cascade of emotions pour out. She tucks the gun underneath her left arm, holding her left hand paw up to her face to wipe away the tears. 
Jeremy examines himself, noticing his hand is healed with his shoulder wounds soon finishing up. Sniffing and taking a few deep breaths, Harper continues, How did he spend his last day? Jeremy ponders briefly before speaking. I took him out to eat at his favorite place, Crown Burgers. I made sure he had a proper last meal. The one off I-80, I imagine? The very one. A few seconds of silence pass before Harper responds with, Let me guess. The bacon burger, fries, and a sundae. Jeremy tilts his head. You're mostly correct, but he had no tomatoes for his burger. Harper chuckles through her leftover tears. You're right. He's never been much for changing his taste in things. Always stuck to what he liked. Jeremy shares the chuckle. I guess so. He cleaned his plate and everything. Harper sniffles. Fuck. I guess you really were with him. What happened after that? Pondering for a few seconds, Jeremy spoke. I took him back to Park City and had him get his situation in order. Once he gave me all the relevant documentation, I gave him some powerful sedatives and opioids to help relax him. I stayed with him till the very end. Did he say anything before passing on? He just thanked me and wished me luck with his identity. Never mentioned any family or friends, I can assure you. I see. A heavy silence fills the dead air as the two stand motionless. Harper keeps her head turned from him, avoiding all eye contact. She hides her muzzle and her fluffy jacket as a cold breeze washes over them. Jeremy intentionally hides the fact that in actuality, he had drained the old Jeremy of his blood soon after. With powerful sedatives and opioids in the old Jeremy's system, the feline tried to make the process as painless as possible. The medicine coursing through the blood had no effect on the new Jeremy due to his unique healing abilities. To him, it was important to attempt to conceal his vampiric identity as much as possible. Though, after giving his response some thought, he finally asks a question that's been lingering in his mind since the beginning. Jeremy speaks up. By any chance, you wouldn't happen to have been a past girlfriend of his. Harper furrows her eyebrow. No, why do you ask? He shrugs. Just that you know a lot about him. Jeremy always thought that nobody paid any attention to him back then. Certainly never mentioned any friends or past lovers. He always was the reclusive type, but we went on class trips together and exchanged notes often. I thought he was sweet, if a little obsessed with his interest in firearms sometimes. Did he ever try to make friends at school? Harper looks down. I tried to invite him for lunch and to study after school, but he always rejected my offers. I always assumed he wasn't into women and didn't want to annoy him. When he moved away after graduation, I thought he found better opportunities elsewhere. She stashes away the gun in her purse and continues. It's just sad, you know. Sure, I could have done more to reach out, but how was I supposed to know he was suffering if he didn't tell anyone? 
I can't read someone's mind, you know. Jeremy sighs through his nose. People in similar situations like Jeremy's often feel too ashamed to reach out for help. Like they failed in some way for not getting a proper job, a house, a partner, or meeting a myriad of other social expectations. He just kept getting dealt with bad hands and didn't want to play the game of life anymore. He didn't think anyone would care if he vanished. Harper huffs through her nose. Well, he's clearly wrong. Even if the others didn't notice you weren't the real Jeremy, I did. I'm going to miss him. He was a good man. And nobody can replace him. Not even a cheap con artist like you. When Harper finally turns her gaze directly towards him, Jeremy brings his right hand paw up to summon his hypnotism spell once more. Being quicker with the draw, he watches the feline's body stand at full attention. Her pupils dilate as the purse on her right shoulder falls to the ground. After concluding the deep sleep spell, Jeremy walks over to retrieve her bag. It only takes a few stern demands to gain access to the feline's smartphone. Jeremy is taken aback by the extensive notes she has taken, detailing the few days of her investigation under the conspiracy folder in her notes. She has written extensive scenarios that would lead him to give conflicting responses to the real Jeremy's supposed right answers. And with further digging, he came across the supposed photos the AI software unveils of his face. His hands shaken in fright upon the revelation, discovering that the majority of the photos were a direct match to him. Most of them were him in crowd shots of years past, but the one that surprises him the most is an old photograph of him during World War II. In the front row of a crowd, it shows him to be an American soldier in the aftermath of the liberation of France. He was aware of the existence of such a photo, but most of the public simply saw him as an unknown soldier. He hadn't given it much thought for almost 90 years. The prospect that facial recognition software is advanced enough to track down such a photograph sent a bad chill through his neck. Among the advancements of weaponry and communication throughout two millennia, what really frightens him the most is the advancement in AI technology. Such tech will no longer allow for him to live on the fringes of society. It dawns on him that the practices that previously ensured his survival throughout his entire lifetime will need to come to an end. Jeremy's first order of business is to scrub all traces of Harper's investigations of him on the smartphone and her digital cloud. Upon completing the task, all that is left is to simply order one last command before snapping her out of the hypnosis state. He simply could erase all memory of Jeremy's old existence and be done with it, though doing so haphazardly could inspire others to search him out. And he cannot hypnotize her more than once after breaking the spell. He paces around trying to come to a solution that would provide the least harm. Unlike the days of old where you could simply move to another town with a new name, modern society makes it difficult to do such a thing. Jeremy often finds it easier dispatching those who were openly hostile and act depraved to the people around them. But for situations like Jeremy's, where a person's life is a string of tragedies, 
it sometimes becomes too difficult to dispatch them without possessing feelings of guilt. If he were to survive this ever-complex world, he'll have to start relying on society once more and change his habits. And even if he could use Harper Lee's sphere of influence to help him directly, Jeremy still holds other plans for her. In a rare act of compassion, he decides to weave an alternative history of events with some modicum of truth for Harper Lee to find closure in. Formulating the words in his mind, Jeremy ushers his last command. You shall have no memory of our previous conversations this week, nor your recent investigations into Jeremy Larson. You shall remember Jeremy Larson having passed away peacefully in his sleep. You shall take solace in acting kindly towards him during your high school youth. You shall disregard anyone resembling his features with his name to be nothing more of a coincidence. And you shall never be the first to mention his name unless asked upon by others. With that, now you shall wake. With a snap of his finger, Harper stumbles in place before catching herself from falling over. She lightly rubs her head in a state of confusion. Upon glancing at Jeremy, she gives a questionable look before shyly smiling out of politeness. She asks, What was I doing? Jeremy responds, You were stargazing on the gymnasium roof. A few of your friends were looking for you. Harper nods. Oh, how silly of me. Well, thank you for finding me. He gives a small wave. No problem. Have a safe night, miss. As he turns around to head towards the ladder, Harper speaks up. Before you go, I want to tell you something, kind stranger. You remind me of someone I used to know back in high school. He was always a sweetheart and looked out for me. You seem like a kind man after looking for me, so I wanted to mention that. Without turning back, Jeremy replies, Thank you. I'm sure he was a very fine gentleman. Watching Jeremy walk away, Harper gives a soft, sorrowful sigh. Yeah, he certainly was, and he'll always have a place in my heart. This was Conspiracy by Darius Davis. Read for you by Dirt Coyote from the desert. You can find more stories on the web at thevoice.dog or find the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to The Ghost of Dog.